on to the Treasures Within podcast. I'm your host, Jojo G, success coach and multi-passionate creative. If your goal is to create a business and life from your passions, plural, this show is for you. Join me every week to learn the mindset shifts, business strategies and creative habits that empower you to fulfill your calling, master your mindset and blast through the limiting beliefs that keep you stuck and broke so you can build a thriving business from your passions and enjoy more freedom and abundance in your life. Remember, the world needs all your gifts, not just one. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Treasures Within podcast. I'm always excited about a new episode, but today even more so because I'm joined by a multi-passionate creative who has broken all the business rules and proven that you can create a business and life around all your passions on your own terms. Dr. Egypt Iredia is a multi-passionate creative and non-linear thinker. Amongst her many titles, she is a healing alchemist, holistic medical doctor, metaphysical and creative wellness coach, naturopathic physician, vegan foodist, poet and writer. She believes that magic, creativity, high vibration nutrition and living a spiritual and intentional life are powerful healing forces. She believes in using all of our wonderful gifts to show up authentically in our lives. Her mission is to empower people to live calmer, healthier and more authentic lives. In this interview, we cover a lot of topics and jump all over the place. Dr. Egypt has so much wisdom to share with us. We talked about creative wellness, why non-linear thinking is a superpower every multi-passionate has, and how to be successful by staying true to your multi-passionate nature and being authentically you. This is an interview you don't want to miss, so let's dive right in. Welcome to the show, Dr. Egypt. Can we start by telling our audience a bit about who you are and what you do and about your journey? Because I know that what you do is very open. You don't have a definite niche or the structure where you're doing business that we are used to. So tell us about your journey and how that developed. Thank you. Um, so my name is Dr. Egypt. I consider myself as a multi-passionate creative person um, in the sense that I am very passionate about many things in my life. I wear many professional hats. Um, a few of them that I embrace actively is that I'm a physician. So I did train in conventional med- medicine And then I furthered my training in naturopathic medicine. And for any of your listeners that are wondering what that is, it's essentially, um, I studied herbs, nutrition, lifestyle medicine, sort of mind, body healing and energy healing modalities. So I trained um, in naturopathic medicine, but I also love the arts. So I'm a writer, I enjoy writing and I'm a poet. I enjoy writing poetry and I also share my work, my uh, poetry. Um, I'm interested in quite a few things, as you can see. I don't like to just label myself with one specific sort of specialist role, but I guess a lot of things that I do would be the, in the healing and transformative arts um, 
you know, practices. I do find to keep the passion is that there is always seems to be a common theme that links most of our passions together. So how did you find your team? Are you always drawn to health and well-being? Yes, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, I think at the heart of it, when I mean, when I started to, you know, do more like reflective practice and I, I journal, I like to journal and, and meditate. I think at the core of my different interests would be that I, I love freedom. Like Georgiana, I love freedom. I like I'm a very curious person. And I'm kind of like, whatever I get involved in, I like to be very passionate about it. So I guess the themes of well-being, personal growth and freedom kind of run through everything I do. So the healing work, the self-growth work, the metaphysics, the poetry, it's all about freedom and just kind of living optimally, which for me, there's no niche for living optimally. We just, you know, it's just, how to make my life better, more free, more passionate, really. Yeah. Well, I love that because as some of the passionates, we really get stuck in trying to find how our niche and fit into this box. But really, it's about creating a life, not just a business, but a life around yeah. all the things that you do. And, you know, you talked about being passionate about well-being and being a physician, also loving the arts and loving poetry. So how was that transition from physician to poet for you? Were there, were you like, there were any blocks that came up for you that made you feel like this, like I can't do this perhaps? Like what was that like for you? Yes, um, again, another good question. I can tell that you've worked with quite a few multi-passionate people. <laughs> So, yes, I mean, so I was like trained in that conventional, initially that conventional physician pathway. And um, I'd always been interested in the arts and in writing. And like, I love books. I love to read. I like fiction and nonfiction works. So I've always liked words and books and like, you know, just taken my mind to imaginary places. But um, so I've always kind of written like on the side, you know, but when I was younger, I guess because I was in school and I was like following the more conventional, traditional path of education, my writing work or my poetry was like always kind of put to the, put to the side. And I was also brought up in a background that, that like the emphasis of my parents was on like, you know, academics and qualifications and certification and like for things like poetry there really is no certification for poetry it's just artistic expression from the heart so honestly with you it wasn't taken seriously when I was younger by like like my family or friends or in a way by myself as well even though I always loved it I didn't actively share it with a lot of people because I felt like there wasn't a lot of support there so there was definitely um and challenges And then when I started working and as a adult and as a professional, like in medicine, the world of medicine, it's very much encouraged. Like once you graduate, that you have to like choose a path to specialize in and focus on that one area for the rest of your life. <laughs> and when <laughs> and when I was met with that, I was like, oh, my gosh, but like I want to do a lot with my life. I don't just want to do one thing for the rest of my life. I think like 
we as people we are more than just one thing but almost like our society in the world tries to sell us this notion that like we should choose a niche and we should specialize or we should do one thing for most of our lives and that didn't sit well with my spirit so so I think later on in life like long story short I think I just um I said enough is enough I want to live in my own truth I want to live a passionate life that like, you know, when I'm old enough for my deathbed, I can say at least I tried to do the things that I was interested in rather than like, oh no, why didn't I do this? So I think I just became a little bit courageous and just did it. <laughs> yes, I love that. I, I love this much because it's, again, we get so hung up on doing it the right way, but there really is no right way. It's just about uh, feeling, like intuitively feeling what the next step is and take and being brave enough to actually follow that. And as someone who is multi-passionate, and even though there is like a common theme, a common area of interest, there are still, you know, like you were talking about all these things that you could be doing and it could be pulled like in so many different directions. So how do you decide what you want to focus in this part of your life? Yes, um, that's a great question, actually. I think it can be a challenge when you are interested in so many things like the the... I guess it's a skill set developing focus and honestly for me like I've adopted some I guess mindset I think it all comes down to mindset and habits as well I've adopted some mindset and habitual patterns that make it easier for me to like focus on one thing at a time even though I'm focusing on many things over a long time <laughs> but at least like you know like for example I'm a minimalist. I try to live a simple life that is not like too, too crazy and too busy. I also like practice digital minimalism in, in what that means is essentially I try to be very aware and conscious of how I spend my time online because it takes a lot of energy to be like on different social media platforms and to be active to different places online. So I limit like um, my social media, like I, I hardly use any social media. And when I'm on the only one I have for my poetry, I limit the time on it. Um, so the minimalism has really helped me because I'm just um, less distracted by what other people are doing. And I think as multi-passionates, like, because we're so interested in so many different things, we're always learning and researching and we're curious and it can be easy to like, go into a rabbit hole of information overload, right? So when I became aware of this, I started just putting things in my life that would be like, okay, how can I limit my exposure to information? Because it's beautiful to learn and be inspired by other people. But I think equally, we have to develop practices where we can like come from our own heart and intuition and listen to ourselves and come up with our own opinions without always like listening to experts, you know? Um, and, and again, I think that's like with the work you do is, is beautiful because you're a coach for like multi-passionate creatives, multi-potentialites. So again, one thing would be like maybe working with a coach or someone who understands multi-passionate individuals like yourself that can 
like understand where people like me are coming from because sometimes I find like you know especially if you're starting a new business they say oh get a business coach but then you get a business coach and they're telling you to find a niche <laughs> but you know with someone like you like you understand where multi-passionate people are coming from and can help them clarify so again working with professionals like yourself or even doing their own journaling reflection practices can help them to I guess better focus I resonate with that so much because when I started my businesses I had other businesses before I was working with coaches and every single town, the very first thing they told me was always to a niche town. <laughs> and then when you go to social media and you see everyone having this perfectly crafted niche and you start thinking, oh, that's the only way that I can actually be successful. And one of the things that I'm passionate about is to debunk this me because it is possible to create a life and that business and be successful and successful is whatever that means to you because it doesn't necessarily about the money but it was about being fulfilled and happy because i've been in the position where i was making good money from a niche business and i can tell you i did not feel successful i did not feel happy or fulfilled <laughs> and for multi passions i think again seeing the this model that we are seeing is very much linear whether we, because we have so many different passions, we tend to see the connections between various, various disciplines and to think in a non-linear way, which is the antithesis of what we are, we are told. And we, I feel like we have this amazing power, but we don't know what to do with it or how to use it or even how to value it. And I know that you are really passionate about nonlinear thinking as well. So can you talk more about that and how we can use nonlinear thinking to our advantage? Yes, thank you for that question. So like, first of all, I'll start with what I, what I consider nonlinear thinking to be. And for me, it is like thinking in a manner that is not necessarily like in one way or in a straightforward path. It's the ability to be able to connect different disciplines or different topics or different like um, areas of work or passion and see the common thread between them. Like for me, uh, on some ways, some people see like being a physician and being a poet, one is scientific and one is very artsy. There's no real connection between the two of them. But the way my mind works, I see a deep connection. Like poetry is like medicine for the soul and the heart and the mind. You know, practical tools of medicine are you like healing for the physical body. And as human beings, we are mind, body, and spirit. So for me, applying like, you know, working in medicine and doing poetry all contributes to healing, just healing in different ways. So that's how I see the world, like, like you mentioned, like as multi-passionate, I think it's easier to see the connection between things and because in a way, everything in life is kind of connected. If you look deeply um, enough, everything is kind of connected. But I think because of like maybe education or social conditioning or how the world works, we are thought to think in boxes, like to think that like if you're a football player, you can't be a pianist. And if you're a writer, you can't be a teacher. Like we're very, we think in ways where 
thoughts to think in ways like the human mind is only in one way, like you're either using, using the left side of your brain or the right side of the brain. But if you look at even the human body, we're using the left and the right, the all parts of our self, our organs are all working together. Everything kind of works together. So like you mentioned um, earlier, um, it's about valuing ourselves as multi-passionate, multi-potentialized, non-linear thinkers and about seeing that and, and you know, using that to our advantage. Like there is a place for people who are specialists and who have a niche. There is a place for that, you know, like, you know, people like surgeons maybe or a pilot in a plane it's great that they can concentrate on that one thing but there is also a place for people that are multi-passionate like us because we it's easy for us to see connection between different things so I think we are very valuable in the marketplace but we have to like realize how precious and valuable we are essentially Absolutely, it just sucks with us because if we don't value ourselves, then no one else will, will value us as well. And as I said so beautifully, there is a place for multi-passionate and there's a place for specialists. It's not a competition or trying to be someone that you are not, but it really is owning all that you are. And I also love when you were talking about, you know, like the body and how everything is working together. And I feel, okay, with being multi-passionate, you know, it is so much, we are so much in our head trying to figure out how we can make this work, how we can find our true passion, that we forget that we also have a body and we also have an intuition. So can you talk about the link between embodiment and multipassionism. Exactly. Thank you. Um, I think embodiment is essentially, for me, embodiment is a reconnection with our physical body and a reconnection to physical space and time through different practices. For some people, it could be um, dancing, body work, self-massage, yoga, breath work, you know, body sort of mindfulness-based practices, whatever brings us back to our physical body. And for me, I think there's very much a link because, um, for example, when we are truly fully embodied in our bodies, we embrace or we use both sides of our brains, both the left and the right side, to fully be in this moment and connecting that to multi-passionism. Often multi-passionate people are integrating both sides of their brain. You can find someone who's interested in maybe something that's like very linear and logical, but at the same time, they're interested in something that's very creative, intuitive, and imaginative, again, using both sides of their brain. So that integration of our different passions that comes from multi-passionism, it can reflect in embodiment practices. And I think embodiment can be a tool to deeper connect with our intuition. And once we deeper connect with our intuition, either through just connecting deeper with our bodies or through contemplative or meditative um, embodiment practices, we can listen better to our inner calling to know like which direction to go into, or like say we are creating a business, but we feel like 
we're very much in our heads like we want to do this and this and this and this sometimes it involves like not being so much in your head and connecting deeper with your intuition to be able to know what mission or vision or message or messages we want to send out into the world so having maybe some regular embodiment practices again it could be meditation yoga breath work stretching walking even can help us connect deeper with that intuition that can help us again find what our inner callings are so i think there is a very strong link for sure yes and so i i remember for most of my life i was very much disconnected from my intuition which is surprising that i kept jumping from one thing to the other and feeling so scattered because i was not listening to myself and, and even when i started reconnecting with it because i had been numb for so long i distrusted what my intuition was telling me because it was telling me some crazy things like move to London, even if you don't know anyone there, you don't have a job there. I had this photo, you're gonna find what you're looking for in London, but I don't know what there was. So do you have any tips for, and you know, it did pay off. I did find what I was looking for in London and I have like an amazing life now. I found coaching, I found an amazing partner. So that my intuition was spot on. But at the time it felt like crazy. So do you have any advice for women who want to reconnect their intuition or are reconnecting but are still distrusting themselves? Yes. Um... I'm happy, by the way, for your experiences in London. I grew up most of my life in London, so I'm glad you're having a beautiful time there. <laughs> oh, amazing. I would say for women, just being a woman myself, one practice would be to, if you can, slow down and create some space in your life. Space in terms of like maybe looking, really looking at our schedules. Because as women, we tend to be like, nurturers you know we want to take care of you know some of us may have pets children partners we want to, we're naturally inclined to take care of other people and sometimes we don't have as much time to do self-care like i see self-care is very sacred very powerful work it's really not selfish it's a way to like refuel to slow down to reconnect with our intuition and take care of our bodies so that we can have more clarity in our lives and have more energy and power to be able to help the people or their projects that we love in our lives. So just something as little as like looking at our lives and saying or thinking, which areas can I slow down? Which areas can I create space in? You know, like even if it's a little thing like, okay, rather than being so busy in the weekend doing this and this and that, maybe like cutting or setting aside time in the morning or in the evening or even in the afternoon to do things like journaling and self-care practices and reading and writing and just you know all the ideas that are like in our minds especially as multi-passion is just writing them down just putting everything down in a journal writing it down and seeing if you can make connections between it or see if any things are particularly calling you so there's a lot of power when we just create that space to just think <laughs> without having so much to do yeah well, absolutely because I, I know that as i'm with a passion it's an end my client experiences as well that because we lack so many things and there is always something new that picks our curiosity and they want to pursue we really are 
doing 100 things every day and we don't even know it. Like I look at the things that I'm doing every day and it's like, I have like this list of 50 things that are done by midday and my partner has just done two, which is okay because it's not multi-passionate. But it does mean that we are living life on the fast lane without even realizing it. Yes, you're completely right, yes. And so there is something to be said for making space, which I personally found very challenging when I started practicing this. I was doing meditation, I was doing journaling, but it was very much, uh, again, a, a practice, a process, because I want, it, it, it was against my natural inclination to actually slow down. But you do see the benefits, and you see the benefits also in your creativity, because once you have that space, to just think and to just be, that's when your creativity can really flourish. And you have this beautiful expression, creative wellness. Can you tell us more about what it is, what you mean by that, and what are the benefits of creative wellness? Yes, thank you. So creative wellness is looking at creativity or creative expression as a means again of self-care as a means or or a tool for self-healing there is a lot of you know when we say self-care people a lot of times it's you know spoken about like taking the day off reading doing a manicure pedicure massage whatever you know like or eating healthier that is typical kind of everyday what people think of self-care but i think having um opportunity or again space in our lives where we can express ourselves to the world express our inner lives onto the world is a form of mental well-being and mental self-care and I think especially we live in a world where it's easy to consume almost all day every day we are encouraged you know there's advertising and even on social media everyone has like a channel where they're like talking about their lifestyles or selling a product or a course or what have you or you know everyone has an opinion these days on something so it's easy to just like constantly consume information constantly shop constantly be doing and consuming but like I think we bring a more greater sense of balance into our lives when we become the agent of creation when we start to bring our own gifts onto the world whatever that might be and for me how I see creativity it's not necessarily like we have to become an artist or a pianist or play play musical instrument or you know drawing or something like that creativity really is just expressing your inner life onto the world for some people that could be cooking for some people could be like making clothes for some people could be gardening writing again writing poetry or building a business is a very creative venture So I think when we engage with more creativity, there is a lot it does for our sense of well-being, our sense of balance. We feel like we are living more meaningful lives because we are contributing to society. We are like a source of power that is inspiring other people, educating other people, helping other people. And these are very empowering practices. And when we are constantly feeling like, everyone else is helping us but we feel almost like victims in our lives and powerless so I that's what I I, I call creative wellness that that sense of well-being that comes from just giving of yourself and sharing your gifts to the world like 
not you know doing something without apology you might not be the best cook or the best writer but you can still share it there's some people that will still appreciate that so yeah oh that is beautiful and you know, i i truly believe that if you are given all these passions and all these talents is so that we can share it with the world because there is always someone that needs what we have to offer when I'm not a passionate, but I express myself, I express with my clients, because again, we compare ourselves to specialists who have studied 10, 20 years for to do a particular job or, a particular, or master a particular skill. And not a passionate, we, we are natural learners. We love exploring, learning, mastering different skills. And we know a little about a lot, but we don't feel an expert in anything and that stops many people from sharing their gifts have you experienced the same and if so how did you overcome that sponsor block yes um that's very interesting yeah so for me i think essentially i I think it was again it came down to mindset I let go I have let go of the notion that like I have to be an expert you know like I think that's also in a way a false notion there's certain things that we do need experts but there's certain things when that we're not necessarily looking for an expert like you know sometimes you go to the grocery store you're not looking for the best grocery store in town you're just looking for one that's good enough to get your produce or your you know supplies for your home and I find there are some situations we need experts but a lot of times most people on a day-to-day basis are not looking for the best in something they're looking for someone with adequate knowledge that's good enough you know sometimes we're finding a plumber you know block toilet or something we're not looking for the best plumber in town we're just looking for any plumber that can do the job so just letting go of the notion that we have to be an expert and also how I see, I do see multi-passionate in a way as an expert. We are experts in making connections, but that's just another way of seeing it. We are experts in, you know, seeing the links between different things and we are creative experts and we are experts in picking up new skills quicker, you know. So it just de- depends on the way we define expert as well, you know. So in a way, letting go of the notion that you have to be an expert and seeing yourself as an expert in, you know, kind of putting connections together. Oh, that is, that is beautiful. And again, I I see that as a mother passionate, you thrive when you are able to reframe the mindset and let go of all these notions that we are taught about specializing so I was wondering if there were any other beliefs that you had to let go of and reframe so that you could own being more passionate and being able to create this amazing life from all your passions and really thrive yes um I had to let go of black and white thinking. I'll be honest with you. This, like, it has to be this or it has to be that. I had to let, make myself be more comfortable with living in paradox. For example, you know, 
in school, especially like I, I studied in the United Kingdom and from an early age, sort of 17, 18, you're thought to like focus and either you're doing the arts, humanities or the sciences. And then you focus in that. And if you want to go to further education, you choose one of those three paths. So I had to let go of the fact that like, oh, if you're a scientist, you can't be an artist. And if you're an artist, you can't be a scientist. Because when you look at people like, again, Leonardo da Vinci, he was both, <laughs> comfortably both as well. So it's a false notion. Um, so I had to let go of these, like, or unlearn a lot of these false notions and being comfortable to live in paradoxes, being to live in like spaces where I could be like, oh, I could be creative and I could think logically, you know, think in a linear way when, it, when I needed to and think in a non-linear way when I needed to. So just being comfortable with like living in paradoxes. <laughs> Oh, that's that is quite advice, and I love to say that because for most we forget that for most of history, being more passionate was actually appreciated. If you look at like the Middle Ages, Renaissance, the people that were like the the were the most successful were those that knew a little about everything. In the revolution, they decided to specialize and tell people that they had to fit in boxes. But that's how machine works. It is not how human works. Imagine if Da Vinci had only been like an inventor, you would never have like the Joconda, and that would be such a huge loss for the world. So yeah, I yeah. love what you're saying about really owning everything and just being able to live in the paradox and switch from one thing to the other without feeling guilty. Because if you have all these kids, it's because you really need all of them. Like we have, there is a reason why you have it. And you wouldn't have something that it's, it's useless. Last like, you know, because I make mistakes. Yes, yes. In the past three years, what belief or habit has changed or improved your life the most? So, yes. So for me, the main mindset shift was choosing myself and just like owning the fact that I am multi-passionate and I didn't have to keep on explaining myself to people. I think once we own who we are and we start to work from that place, the people who resonate with our message or vision will be magnetized onto us. So we don't even have to almost market ourselves too much because the people who understand us will naturally want to work with us. Like, um, and that was one of the reasons why I reached out to you because you know, I saw a website that you were a coach for multi-passionate people. Because you know, I was looking around and it's like all the business coaches again were saying, specialize, choose your niche. So when I saw your work, I was like, oh my God, this is great. Like there's a coach for multi that understands multi-type people. She is multi-type herself and she understands where we're coming from. So that was you just being yourself and um, people like me that understood where you were coming from was naturally attracted to your work. So for any multi-passionate person out there would be, again, just have a little bit of courage to do the best of yourself and don't try to become anyone else. And the right people and the right resources will come to your life. Thank you so much for that. I'm glad that you reached out. And uh, you're absolutely right. Like, I have been in business for years. And again, I've done the niching down thing. and 
I can tell you that it was a very hard slog even just to get clients because I was not magnetizing them because I was fitting into this box. And when you operate from that place, it's very hard to attract people to you, whether the more you own who you are, the more opportunities come to you. So what is one way that the passionate can create a life and business around all their passions? Yes, um, so I would say to look at all their different interests and maybe take some time to really think about them or to write them all out down and to just see if there are like any areas or any ideas or themes that connect um, all their different passions. Um, you know, it could be ideas such as like um, curiosity or freedom or wellness or innovation, just, just to see what kind of thoughts come up, if there's a common thread. Because I believe that like the fact that somebody has all those different passions, that there is a common thread, which is the person having all those passions. So there's something that about the person that, you know, attracts them to have those different type of interests. It could be their love of learning or their love of contribution or whatever it is, just to like take some time to look at what can connect all those um, different things. And often if we look closely enough, we can find something. And sometimes it's not one thing. Like I know for my passions, uh, a theme that was running through all my different interests was freedom you know, freedom of the body in terms of healing, freedom of the mind and expression in terms of creativity and poetry. So freedom was one theme, but another theme for me was also curiosity. So sometimes it might just be the one thing that connects everything. Sometimes it might be two or three. And if we then find that theme, maybe the person can like use it to craft their message or their business or offerings. Oh, absolutely. And how did uh, finding the theme help you to create a business and life around all your passions? Great question. So when I did find my few themes of which one was a lot uh, was freedom, curiosity, one major one was transformation. Um, like I crafted my own business, which I realized Really, Georgia, what I wanted to do in my life was to create alchemy in my life. So to create a passionate, magical life of transformation and healing. So I kind of did like a branding, I guess. I don't really like to use that word, but I guess in a way it was a branding. I made my branding to be about transformation and alchemy and not so much too specific. So within that, you know, word of like, you know, my, my business is manifesting alchemy. I just wanted to become the best version of myself and to manifest the best life. And that allows a lot of room, say, in future, if I become interested in something else, I can easily put it into my business rather than maybe have a name that's like too specific. And then later, if we have something else you want to add to it, it might not fit into that brand. So I kind of just branded myself a little bit around transformation, alchemy, so I could just play with my different passions. Oh, hello there, because again, we are told to be very specific and very niche, but then the, that puts you in a box and it can be hard to get. Out of there. So to find your theme and 
have that as your branding and your name and your mission really allows you that freedom that we with the passionate really crave. Is yeah. there anything else that you would like to mention before you wrap up? Um, so I think, you know, I, I've kind of alluded to it before, but I would say it's just to own whoever's listening, to own their truth, to first of all, start to value your own self and value your own, um, your own gifts and talents and know that like everybody in this world has something to offer, even if maybe what you're interested in sounds a little bit strange to most people. I bet you if you put yourself out there, there's somebody that will resonate with that message, regardless of how crazy it sounds. So just like for people to have a little bit of courage to like step into their own truth without apology and just see the magic that unfolds in their life from that. Oh, that is so beautiful. Such a beautiful place to end conversation. So for anyone that wants to know more about you and your work, where can they find you? Thank you. So my work and offerings can be found um, through my website, which is www.manifestingalchemy.com. That's www.manifestingalchemy.com. Amazing. And I would recommend everyone to go check it out because it is a beautiful example of how a multi-passionate can inject their different passions into their website and still you know maintain their originality and their multi-potentiality and it's still very clear what you do and who you help so that is going to be your inspiration to all the mother passionates out there. And this conversation really has been full of gems. Not that people are going to find this so interesting and inspiring. So thank you very much for taking the time and being with us today. Thank you very much, Georgia, for having me on your um, podcast. And thank you for the great work that you are doing, just being this supportive person for people who are on this multi-passionate journey. We need more coaches, uh, more supporters like you. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much. Wasn't that an incredible conversation? As always, you'll find the links to everything we mentioned in this episode, including how to get in touch with Dr. Egypt in the show notes below and over at the treasuresweden.net. If you found even a small nugget of wisdom in this episode, and there are so many here, then please share this episode with a friend, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It really helps the podcast get found by other passionates who need to hear this message too. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you so much, and I can't wait to speak with you again next week. And remember... The world needs all your gifts, not just one. Bye for now. Hey, Georgia here. I want to take a quick moment to tell you something. A few years ago, I was stuck in what I call strategy hell. I was literally doing everything to grow my business. I was on all the social media platforms, doing webinars, going to networking events, writing blog posts, sending out newsletters, you name it, I did it and 
my business was growing at a snail's pace. It was so frustrating because I couldn't have worked any harder. I was already overwhelmed and burned out. Do you ever feel like that? It wasn't until a random encounter with a coach that I realized being in strategy hell is a form of sabotage. You think you're doing everything to grow your business. In reality, you're stuck in busy work because you're afraid of what might happen if you went all in or reached your goals. In my case, I had a massive fear that if I became more successful than my family, my friends and my partner, they would allow me anymore and they leave me. This fear was buried so deep in my subconscious that I wasn't aware of it until I had a powerful session with my coach. And yet, the fear was running my business and making sure I'd never reached my goal. It was only once I healed the fear that I was able to double my income in a few short months. And my loved one didn't leave me. If you two are working hard, trying all these strategies to go to the next level in your business, you don't need one more strategy. You already have all the strategies you need. If nothing is working, it's because there's a limiting belief that's sabotaging all your efforts. Maybe like me, you're afraid that if you are too successful, you won't fit in with your friends and family anymore and you lose them. Maybe you don't think you are good enough at what you do and are afraid that if you put yourself out there in a big way, you'll be exposed as a fraud. Or maybe, deep down, you don't believe you're worthy of money and success. Whatever it is, trying to grow a business with these limiting beliefs running in your subconscious is like driving a car with a brake on. No matter how hard you try, you are going to stay stuck where you are. If you want to go to the next level in your business and reach those big income and business goals that have eluded you up until now, you must first heal all those limiting beliefs and all stories that are sabotaging you. Once those self-imposed limitations melt away, you'll be able to step out of strategy hell and confidently take action towards your goals. Those tasks that used to feel hard or scary, like going live on Instagram, doing sales calls, or being a regular guest on podcasts, will now feel easy and fun and you'll be able to reach your goals with ease. If you know, deep down, that healing those limiting beliefs and all stories is the missing piece in getting the results and money you want in your business and you are ready to drop the hustle and step into your six figures mindset, I invite you to book a discovery call with me. On the call, you get coaching on the number one limiting belief, the sabotaging your success and keeping you from reaching your next income level. And if we both feel it's a fit, you'll discover how we can work together to heal the limiting beliefs that are sabotaging you so you can finally build a wildly profitable business from your passions and enjoy financial allocation and time freedom. Remember, the world needs all of your treasures. It's your time to get out of your own way so you can do the work you are meant to do in the world 
and live a life of freedom on your own terms. These one-on-one calls are limited, so if you are ready to finally make your vision board become your reality, click on the link in the show notes and book in today.